This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. The 2017-2018 season is finally upon us. We've got four actual regular season games. No more preseason games. No more what am I watching. No more kids playing that have no shot of making the team. Now we see it for real. And if you've been following the NHL like I have, you can't sit there anymore and say, well, it's only October. It's only game one. Take a look at how difficult it is to make the playoffs. Take a look at teams that have high 80, low 90 point totals that miss the playoffs. The new format makes it as such. You get off to a slow start, you could be in trouble. Every point means so much. As Dave Baloney, my partner on Ranger Broadcast, the former Ranger defenseman, says, points don't go bad. You get those points, you file them away. And you never know how much you're going to need them going down the stretch. So, yeah, it's only October. The season's so long. Well, tell that to the teams that just missed the playoffs last year. Tell that to the Islanders who just missed the playoffs last year about points they might have squandered away in October and November when everybody told them that the games don't mean anything. They mean something. We've got four good ones tonight. Starts with Toronto and Winnipeg. Winnipeg feels like they've retooled. Um, Ehlers gets a new contract. You've got one of the best young players in the lead, Patrick Laine. You've got Mark Shifley. Tough spot for them tonight at home against the Toronto team that everybody has pegged as the team to beat in the Eastern Conference outside of the defending Stanley Cup champion Pittsburgh Penguins. When you've got Matthews, you've got Marner, you've got Nylander, Patrick Marlowe now in the fold. The Toronto Maple Leafs are going to be a team that everybody is going to watch, and I think that's a fun Canadian matchup at 7 o'clock tonight from Winnipeg. 8 o'clock, Pittsburgh raises the banner, back-to-back Stanley Cup championships as they play host to a St. Louis Blues team that I think they can make the playoffs out west. Pittsburgh trying to win three consecutive Stanley Cups, the last team to do that. The New York Islanders, when they won four straight Stanley Cups from 1979-80 to 1982-83. So it has been 35 years since the team has won three consecutive Stanley Cups. And it's just amazing what Pittsburgh has accomplished, right? We talked about it a lot last year, that this team in a in a cup era where the dynasty supposed to be dead, for them to become the first team to win back-to-back titles in the Cup era. For this team to have won three Stanley Cups in the Cup era. For this team to go to four Stanley Cup final in the Cup in the, in the Cap era. Pretty amazing stuff from the Pittsburgh Penguins. And they're going to be there again. Now, can somebody knock them off? Will this be the year of Washington? Can the Rangers do something uh, out in the other division? Can there be somebody that can emerge to do it? Uh, Is Boston improved? Is Buffalo improved enough? Is Tampa the team? I think Tampa's probably the likely team. I love what the Lightning are about. I love that team up and down. Uh, But Pittsburgh certainly is going to be in the conversation to try to win back-to-back-to-back Stanley Cups. And it's really just been an amazing ride. So they'll raise the banner coming up uh, at 8 o'clock. At 10 o'clock, the Battle of Alberta that is... If you're an older fan like I am, you remember those 80s when Calgary and Edmonton were in the Smythe Smythe division and how they played against each other. 
determined you know who was going to get the home ice advantage, and usually the winner of that had an excellent chance to win the Stanley Cup. If you remember, of course, the Edmonton Oilers winning the Cup in 84 and 85. Calgary wins it in 86. Edmonton comes back and wins it in 87 and 88, and then Calgary wins the Cup in 89. Just amazing how dominant Alberta hockey was back in the day, and that rivalry was just tremendous, and it's gone dormant. And now it's alive again. Edmonton, much like Toronto's being talked about in the Eastern Conference, Edmonton's in the conversation in the West. Talbot, a really solid goaltender. Uh, McDavid, one of the best players in the National Hockey League. Leon Dreisaitl emerging as a big-time player. Uh, This is a team that knocked on the door last year, and maybe this is the year they bust it down. But Calgary has a nice team as well. Once Yager finishes up his immigration issues, he joins a team that is stout, especially on the blue line, improved in goal. I think Calgary is an edge below Edmonton, but when these two teams get together, it is something Something to see, and at 10 o'clock tonight, that's must-view television for me, Edmonton and Calgary, and at 10.30, Philadelphia and San Jose. I'm interested to see the Sharks. They lose, obviously, Patrick Marlowe, a team that went to the Stanley Cup final a couple of years ago, uh, not having the same season, just sneaking in to the postseason. I have them as a team that's borderline making the playoffs. Joe Thornton, certainly a year older. Um Logan Couture is somebody that's going to have to be great for them. Pavelski is going to have to be great for them. But I love the San Jose Sharks. I always have. I like their goaltending. It's just getting a little bit long in the tooth. But San Jose is still a team that's always fun to watch. In Philadelphia, we talked about it in an earlier podcast this week, pros and cons of starting out west. Uh, The pros, you get it out of the way. When everybody else has to go west later in the season, you filed it away. But as I just started this podcast saying, you want to get off to a good start and certainly going out west to take on some pretty uh, beefy teams out there in the Pacific Division can get you off to a slow start in what could be a very competitive Metropolitan Division. I think the Devils are going to be better, probably not a playoff team. Islanders, I don't think, are a playoff team. Carolina is going to be much better. I've got them going to the playoffs. You know about Pittsburgh. You know about the Rangers. You know about the Washington Capitals. So you don't want to get off to a slow start in the Metro. If you want to finish as one of those top three teams and not have to rely on the wild card, getting off to a good start, especially for a borderline playoff team like Philadelphia, is going to be important. Starting out west could be a bit of a problem. So those are the four games we have. Uh, Jack Eichel, eight-year contract extension with Buffalo, makes perfect sense. You saw it happen with McDavid earlier with Edmonton. It's a long contract, but it's smart, especially for these teams like Edmonton and Buffalo, the smaller market teams. This is what the salary cap was supposed to help. You go out and you draft a stud player. You go out and get a young player you want to build your your team around. You want to know you're going to have him for a long period of time. Eichel's been in the league a couple of years, another eight years with his contract. You get a good decade of hockey out of the guy. Maybe you squeeze out a Stanley Cup. And then when you have to address his contract down the road, it's a lot easier because he'll be an established player and you find out what you have. If he didn't live up to expectations, it's not going to cost you as much. If he ends up being unbelievable, well, you benefited from him being unbelievable. And your team and the franchise and the finances benefit from him being unbelievable. And then maybe you'll be able to pay him and fit him into your salary cap. So it's so smart for Buffalo to do that. I think Buffalo's on the rise because of Eichel. And now you've got him filed away, McDavid filed away in Edmonton. It's important to do that with the kids because you saw what happened with Tampa. They scrambled to bring Stamp coast back they did but there was a lot of fear that toronto would steal them away you got the jt contract with the islanders Tavares, free agent toronto might swoop in and get him after missing out on stamp coast so those franchises 
you know, certainly the Islanders now, they're, they're in that state of flux. One of the best players in the National Hockey League, but they do not know if they have them long term. Buffalo, Edmonton, they don't have to worry about that. So you get the player, you identify him as being a franchise player, and you pay that player. It's a smart thing to do in the salary cap era. If you're new to the game misconduct, and a lot of people are, because ESPN's really gotten behind this. This started out, in case you're new, as a podcast that was focused on local hockey in the New York metropolitan area. But there's a new initiative now from a podcast standpoint to be a little bit more into hockey for ESPN. So we've kind of expanded it and discussing all of the National Hockey League. And we want it to be interactive. I, I try to do this podcast every day. So... At Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct, we can interact with each other. You love it. You hate it. Complaining. That's what it's about. It's an interactive show, and we want to try to be able to give back to you. So I usually kind of tweet when I'm doing it. Every day I try and give you an alert of when I'm recording so that you can climb aboard, give yourself a couple of hours to ask some questions, as Liam did. He asked the question, uh, does Rangers improve D, balance out loss of Stepan? Do you think that Heidel will be ready for the third-line center spot. Yes and yes. Um, the loss of Stepan is a tough one from a center position. You win in this league with great centers. That's why Pittsburgh's competitive. That's why Chicago is competitive. You need somebody to distribute the puck and make players around you better. Wingers don't do that. Centers do. So the weakness with the Rangers, they got the goaltender. Certainly the addition of Shattenkirk is going to help them offensively, and it's going to certainly help the power play. So Balancing out the loss of Stepan, they will be a better offensive team because Stepan wasn't supplying a ton of offense, but you still want the growth of the centers. And how does Hayes emerge as the number two center? How does Zabanajad, more than anything else, emerge as the number one center? Uh, Heidel surprised a lot of people by making the team and Anderson not. I uh, had a conversation with someone earlier today about is this going to be just kind of a nine-day thing or are they going to be really – keeping him the rest of the season. I think it's going to depend. Rangers have a lot of really interesting games to start. They start Thursday, tomorrow against the Avalanche, then in Toronto on Saturday, um, home against Montreal on Sunday. So they get right to it. Some pretty good hockey teams, especially Toronto. Hey, if the kid can score, you got to keep him up here. I mean, the problem I have with the Rangers is similar to Montreal. I know they can defend. I know they got a great goaltender, but are they going to be able to get goals? Are they going to be offensive? The Rangers are banking on Zabanajad being the player that he was at the beginning of last year before he broke his leg. If he can do that, if Hayes is ready to take the next step, if Miller is ready to take the next step, if Kreider is willing to take the next step, adding Shattenkirk to that power play, having Smith for a full season, they should be a fun Ranger team, but they're going to have to try to score goals, and they've got a lot of kids. Anderson will eventually be up here, I would think. They've got some um, – Pionk is a kid that had a really good uh, – uh, training camp of the Rangers, so things are looking pretty good for the future for New York. Christopher asks, will Athenasiu get a contract before tomorrow, before December? Obviously, Detroit is in a rebuilding mode, and Athenasiu, to me, seems like the next-generation Red Wing. Now, I can't get into their pockets and know exactly the timing of when they're going to give him a contract. You've already seen Dadzuk go to the KHL. You're seeing Zetterberg getting a little bit long in the tooth. I think they're in that transition. They missed the playoffs last year. I have them missing the playoffs this year. But when I look at some of the kids they have on that team, Ablocator, who's a little older now, but I, I look at this at Tennessee as a kid that's a player. So I, I'm hoping, just as a fan, that the Red Wings get something done with him. Courtney, um, wait, um, 
Wait, uh, I do have a question. Okay, she tweeted earlier saying she didn't have a question. I'll read her tweet from earlier. No question yet, but I am so happy hockey and game misconduct is back. Excited to see what the young kids will do this year, talking about the New York Rangers. And then she came out with a question. Wait, I do have a question. Thoughts on the Rangers going with eight defensemen on the roster? I would think I will go with Faust. Um, I think one will go when Faust comes back. Yes, that is going to be the case because they, they can use the extra. You've got Camper, You've got Holden. I think Holden sticks, so I think he'll be one of the seven. But you're right. When Foss comes back, and let's not forget, he's 17, not 19, because uh, they've got a big retired number coming up uh, later on uh, in the season for Rattel. So he goes from wearing number 19 to number 17. But you're, you're spot on, Courtney. I think that's the case, I, and I do think that Holden – I was going to say, Victor says, game misconduct. Do you take anything out of the great preseasons for either the Devils or the Islanders excited for the NHL season and daily game misconduct? More so for the Devils, and I'll tell you why. They could not possibly know what he sure was going to be. And he was so special that this gives you a little bit of an indication or a little bit of um, anticipation is probably the better word that maybe this kid could be special. He was the first overall pick. Seemed like he was a scoring machine in the preseason. So to me, that's what excites me. Because I, I think the Devils are on the outside looking over the playoffs. I think they're getting better. So courtly, uh, you know, certainly the injury to Zajac hurts. But if, if Herschel can be special, uh, he sure could be special, then I think that this is a team that maybe can surprise. So that's what I take. Islanders... I, I just I'm not really sure they have the goaltending to, to do it again. I think they're a good team. They're a fun team. Certainly, their blue line can supply some things, but uh, I think I take a little bit more out of the Devils preseason because of Heisher being such a surprise than anything right now with the Islanders. Uh, NYR fan nine says thanks for the podcast. Don love listening to your expert opinion. Who would you draft eighth in fantasy hockey league? So who would be the eighth pick? So that's the first pick, the eighth pick. I have to go down. So, uh, all right, obviously you're going to have McDavid, number one. You're probably going to have Crosby up there. You're probably going to have Ovechkin. He's going to be gone. Taves and Kane are probably gone. You could probably want a defenseman, so you're going to go with a Carlson. You're going to go um, – that's what do I that I have it at six. So maybe there's somebody uh, a defenseman. Is it, is it a Drew Doughty? Do you go out to San Jose for one of their stud defensemen? I, I would say if I guess there's a possibility that Eric Carlson will be there at eight. So I will say eight, Carlson. But not knowing who the first seven picks were, but I'm here to help. And please tweet me and tell me who we ended up getting. Let's go to uh, Jake. He says, hi, Don. Who are you looking for on the Rangers to have a breakout season? Well, there's two players I look at because of the positions that they've been given, and that's Hayes and Zibanejad. Those are the guys that I think have the chance to really do some things. Obviously, Zibanejad centering the top line. I think he'd be more productive than Stepan. He can produce a lot more points, has to stay healthy. Um, Hayes had a nice year last year. Remember, he lost all that weight, was a much better player. If he's willing to take the next step and then given the second line responsibilities, those are the two guys that I think from a statistical standpoint can really break out. 
Sam Diaz says, finally, game on. How surprised would you be if Vegas wasn't the worst team in the NHL this season? And once again, thanks for game misconduct. Talking to some people, they do have flurry, so they're going to stay in games quite a bit, but I still think they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. I think I had Detroit finishing worse, but Vegas is still going to be in the conversation. And we'll talk about this a little bit later on in the week. But, of course, the thoughts and prayers go out to the devastation that had happened on Sunday in Vegas. A week after that tragedy is when Vegas is going to have their home opener. And there was a lot of excitement and pomp and circumstance surrounding their first game in Vegas. And obviously that's going to be tempered severely by what happened the week before. So um, our buddy EJ Raddick, who I talked to earlier today, is going to go to Vegas. He's going to be there. We're going to talk to him next week to get the vibe. But kind of a, a tough way for Vegas to get started. There's so much excitement swirling around that team. They've got some nice players. They've got hockey there in Vegas, which people think is going to work, and it's got a beautiful new building, but certainly not getting off to the best of starts considering what had happened. So, again, thoughts and prayers. That's more important than anything else, but it definitely will temper the enthusiasm of the Vegas opener. But we'll talk about that a little bit more next week. Will says, do the Rangers have enough depth at the middle to contend with a solid Metro? We'll see. Uh, I love the acquisition of DeArnay. I think he really works out that fourth center position. We'll see what the kid does as the third-line center. It's not ideal, Will. I'll be honest with you. We've talked about it many times before on game misconduct. You build up the middle. You build with centers. You build with D. You build with a goaltender. They got the D. They got the goaltender. Their weakness is at center. When I say weakness, of the three areas of up the middle, that's number three. But... If Jack could play like he did early last year, if Hayes takes the next step, DeArnay is a really nice fourth-line center. Heidel, if he if he's anything that he was in the preseason, yeah, I think this team could be pretty good. I've got him going to the playoffs. So weakness is strong, but it certainly is not as strong as some centers that you see. They, they don't have a Taves. They don't have a Crosby, but... They, they, they're deeper than maybe you think. Jay Giroux says, hey, Don, uh, I'm a new listener to Game of Conduct. I wanted to tell you how much I like it so far. Go Sharks. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And go Sharks as well. I've always been a fan, and I do have a game later this season in San Jose, so maybe we can hook up. Uh, C.B. Renz says, how do you think the panarin Sod trade will work out for both teams? Interesting, because... I was surprised Chicago let Panarin go. I like him a lot, but Sod's a nice fit. I think it's going to work out nicely for both teams. Both are young kids. Maybe a change of scenery for both. I, I like it. I, it's a really fair trade. I think they're very comparable players. I probably like Panarin a little bit more than Sod, but Sod certainly has got a ton of experience. I like it. I think it really works well for both teams. Adam says, too low on Boston Easily more talent up and down uh, than Ottawa, Montreal, the Islanders, Carolina, Florida, Philadelphia, and Buffalo. Top three in the Atlantic. Okay, we agree to disagree. Uh, Rask getting a little bit older. Um, Marchand still an elite player for sure. Um, Bergeron certainly elite player for sure. They got the Pasternak deal done, which was something that I thought was really important for Boston to do. Maybe they will surprise. I will say this, Adam. And I have not completely destroyed any of the teams. Like I would be shocked if Detroit made the playoffs. I'd be I'd be shocked if Vancouver made the playoffs. If Vegas made the playoffs, I don't put Boston in that category. 
I think when you take a look at that Atlantic division, I think there's a lot of close teams. And I had Montreal missing the playoffs, too, and I have the Islanders missing the playoffs and Florida missing the playoffs. So the teams that you mentioned, Ottawa and Carolina, are the only teams that I had above Philadelphia. Uh, above um, Boston. Philadelphia, kind of in the same boat. Buffalo's still kind of in the same boat, although I'm really liking Eichel. Again, Buffalo's going to struggle, I think, in goal a little bit, but I do think they have some players uh, that can score some goals. Oposo come back from his uh, health issues. But uh, Boston can be there. I I think it's just a mishmash, and I I had to pick some teams in. I had to pick some teams out. But honestly, I think Boston can still be there. They've, they're a talented team, there's no question. But somebody's got to be in and somebody's got to be out. And I do think the Atlantic is pretty wide open. Toronto's the best team along with Tampa. So those are the teams that I have as one and two. Take your pick as the top. It's going to be a scramble for that third position. And I think all I, I think Ottawa, I have them as, the, as being in the top three, but hey, I could be proven wrong. That's why we sit there and we watch these because they're so much fun. Um, Gazerbel says, have the results of the preseason made you rethink your predictions? Islanders look to be on a roll, uh, able to roll out four lines. I don't. I, don't. I was talking to EJ earlier today, and he's it's like the preseason is just so – you don't want to say bogus, but it's just – it's. The preseason is so difficult because not everybody is trying to do the same things. You've got some teams that are playing a bunch of kids. You look at the Rangers. They kind of know who's making their rosters. A couple of guys that were up for grabs. They played a lot of kids that contributed to them winning a ton of overtime games in the preseason, but some of those guys aren't going to make the team. You know, so I don't know if everybody's on the same page. Some teams, they got their lineup complete. They really want to win the game with with guys that they have. Other teams know that they're good. They want to take a look at younger players, players trying to make the team that aren't going to really contribute to the 2017-2018 teams. Islanders had a good preseason. Devils had a good preseason. Uh, The only reason I put a little stock into the Devils is because you know that he sure is going to make the team and he can contribute. But, again, the Islanders, I have them missing the playoffs, but – I'm not going to change my opinion based on what we saw with the preseason. Justin, who's got a Red Wings avatar, so maybe he's going to kill me. What is the highest upside for the Red Wings? Uh, how is the chance of the top three pick? Their chances of being a top, having the top three pick are excellent. I think they're going to be among the worst teams in the league. I think Detroit, Vancouver, Vegas are those teams that are going to be in a position to get a high draft pick. Um, just Detroit's obviously things have changed. They've lost a lot of good players. They kind of reminded me of the Devils from a few years ago. You can't lose Stevens. You can't lose Niedermeyer. You can't lose Eliash and expect to continue to be an elite team. You can't lose um, a, a, a Lidstrom. You can't lose a Datsuk. You can't get Zetterberg you know, getting older and expect to be good every single year. They, they barely made the playoffs a couple of years ago to, get to keep the streak alive. You're seeing they're moving in a little bit of a direction. But the upside is get a Tennessee U done. Get some of these kids to start playing well. It's a, still a very well-run organization. They won't be down for too long. But the upside, the highest upside is, is that it, it's a team that isn't in the bottom. It's a team that can be a little bit more competitive than people think. And, of course, the ultimate upside is if you do bottom out, now you start getting the picks where you can add some young players to, again, a very well-run organization and hit the ground running again. The, the Red Wings built themselves to the point where they're an elite team through the draft and using every bit of the draft considering where Datsuk was picked, where Zetterberg was picked. But nowadays... 
less free agency, more drafting well, making d- decent deals. And again, I think that they will do the job at Detroit, although it still will take a few years for things uh, to get going. Uh, Matt Gold says, really appreciate your heartfelt opening to Monday's podcast. Excited to get daily updates uh, from you again. And of course, we spent a lot of time talking about the uh, passing of Dave Schrader. And obviously, he's in our thoughts and prayers as this 2017-2018 season gets going. All right. We'll have guests. We'll have conversation. We're looking forward to it. We're going to do this again tomorrow. We'll dive a little bit deeper into the games that will get things going on Thursday. And we'll also recap the four games that are getting played today. And again, these four games are really good games. Toronto, Winnipeg, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Calgary, Edmonton, Philly, and San Jose. We'll recap those four games. We'll get into the games that will get things going on Thursday. And we'll have a lot of fun. And then I'm not sure Fridays are always when we do our top five teams of the week. Might be a little early to do that considering there will only be a couple of games played and not everybody will have played yet. Maybe I'll give you what I think my top five teams are to start the season. I'll think about that. But it's about you. So whether it's now, whether it's tomorrow, at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. Give me your thoughts. Tell me what you're thinking, and we'll have a lot of fun this year. I'm so looking forward to the season. I think it's going to be so much fun. I'm going to be calling games for the Rangers, doing the pre and post for the Rangers, traveling a little bit, so I'll have more information as the season goes on. But I'm so looking forward to this, so looking forward to the season, so looking forward to talking to you on Game Misconduct. So we will talk to you again tomorrow. This has been the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. Thanks for listening to the Game Misconduct Podcast. Looking for more Don LaGreca? Hear him on the Michael K. Show weekdays from 3 to 7 p.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York and worldwide on the ESPN app. And don't forget to subscribe to the Game Misconduct Podcast on the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.